Blog Talk Radio. It's been a long road getting from there to here. It's been a long time, but my time is finally here. But I can feel the change in the wind right now. Nothing's in my way. Good evening, everyone. This is Dr. Jess Armine coming to you from the Center for Bioindividualized Medicine here in southeastern Pennsylvania. How is everybody out there tonight? I am having a good time. I love it. I can't get enough of it. Anyway, we're going to be talking about mastocytosis, mast cell disease, histamine, and epigenetics, uh, one of the hidden illnesses. If you do not have the PDF for tonight's show, it can be obtained by going to drjessarmine.com, uh, clicking our weekly radio show, and the PDF is right there, and you can also wa- listen to the show from uh, that point also. So I'm going to give everybody a couple of minutes to uh, make sure that they have the PDF so they can follow along. Um, in case you guys are wondering, it does take, <laughs> I do do these PDFs by myself, and uh, it takes me an awful long time, it really does, but I love doing the research for you all. And uh, I love the fact that uh, you guys are listening and uh, participating, and I'm just glad you're all here. Uh, things are going great here at the Center for Bioindividualized Medicine. Uh, we are um, doing, um, you know, wonderful research with uh, Dr. Ben Lynch and Sean and, and Cynthia Smith and so forth. And, um, you know, we're working on lots of different um, uh, biochemical pathways and just totally expanding what we're doing. Uh, we are going to be getting a course together, and we're actually going to have it up in a couple of weeks, well, maybe three weeks, for healthcare providers to learn the principles of bioindividualized medicine and bring them to a level of comp- competence. So uh, perhaps you can tell your healthcare providers that uh, training in this area is going to be available very soon. Also, I've decided that we are going to take the same, the very same course and we're going to abbreviate it a bit, and we're going to make it um, available for lay people, okay, to give everyone a overview of the genetics and neuroendoimmunology and mitochondrial dysfunction and cell wall integrity and how it's treated and diagnosed and so forth, because I figured that we could get real, real, real technical with the doctors, and um, we can get real technical with the lay people too, but I don't think you should pay as much for the course because it will be a paid course. Anyway, I hope everybody's got the PDF by now. So let us begin. And uh, again, 
we are going to be talking today about mastocytosis. So let's go into the second page. <clears throat> this is in one of the invisible diseases. An invisible disease is one of those diseases that um, traditional doctors, traditional uh, medicine has a lot of trouble diagnosing. Um, they usually have all kinds of, um, not weird symptoms, but symptoms that make it difficult for traditional diagnosis. And um, often uh, patients like this are told that it's in their head, there is, there's nothing wrong with them, and so forth, okay? And um, these diseases go by many different names. Uh, we've talked about them uh, several times, uh, chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, um, domestocytosis, uh, anything that is considered chronic and doesn't fit into an actual diagnostic pattern. And remember that a diagnosis is an estimate of what the root cause of a problem is, not a set of symptoms. So mastocytosis is one of the mast cell diseases. It's a rare disorder of both children and adults caused by the presence of too many mast cells or mastocytes, okay? and mast cell precursors, things that set them off, okay? It goes by a lot of different names that have slight differentiations, but they come down to the same base. I hope I'm not stepping on any toes by saying that. It can go by mast cell activation disorder, mast cell disease. And um, I, for this lecture, I'm going to just use the word mastocytosis to mean kind of everything, and I hope that's okay by everybody. Okay, I found a really great collage for this disorder. It looks kind of like a cloud. It's on the third page, and it's really great. It has mastocytosis and has kind of everything associated with it. Low blood pressure, ocular discomfort, anaphylaxis, abdominal discomfort, decreased bone density, food drug intolerance, uh, infections, bronchitis, rhinitis. Uh, it sounds like I'm selling something. Degranulation, uh, all kinds of this. If you look at this, Okay, it has all the different names and so forth. This is kind of mastocytosis in a nutshell. Skin lesions, and it's one of the rare uh, disorders that has some, some stuff with tryptase and the JAK2 uh, mutations and so forth. When we go through the mutations, we're going to go through the real common ones. And um, if anybody has a particular uh, interest in, in the more esoteric um, mutations, uh, you can either email me or call in or uh, type in on the um, chat room. If you hear me typing, people, I know that um, it's a little tough sometimes, but I, I'm running the chat room by myself, so it's all me here, just me, so if I'm making a joke, somebody say it's funny because I can't hear you or see you. Okay, page four, how do we deal with this adversary, this adversary? hope I spelled that right. Anyway, um, this is what we've been doing since we started this whole set of podcasts back in November, okay? First thing, we're going to know thy enemy, okay? This is what I call empowerment. I think the worst thing that anybody who has a chronic illness that is not diagnosed is that I don't know what's wrong with me. Is it really in my head? I just, I just don't know. So how are we going to deal with this guy that we call mastocytosis and start looking for the root causes? knowing what triggers it off, understand the role of the genetic polymorphisms or SNPs, single nucleotide polymorphisms, or the mutations. And please, you know, I still tell everybody, understanding the role, because by itself, okay, the genetics are 
important, but by themselves, they're not as informative unless you take it in the greater scheme of things. Treating the downstream effects, meaning the leaky cells, the allergy responses, neurotransmitter balances, we're not going to give up because there are answers, okay? And this is what, you know, you're here for. We're trying to give you answers and reasonable answers to things that you haven't been able to get answers for through the power of genetics, yes, and integrative medicine, okay? So let's look at what a mast cell is and does. Now, this is going to be a little technical at first, and I will talk a little slower because I think I've had a little too much tea today. And I'm going to say the big words, but you know me. I'm going to tie it together. I'm going to explain it. So be a little patient at the beginning of these next couple of slides, okay? But it's important that you have this information because mast cell disease is not a death sentence, although many people are suffering horribly from it. Mast cells. Mast cells are granulocytes. Okay, if you would look at them, you'd see granules in them, okay? And those granules contain histamine and heparin. Heparin is an anticoagulant, okay? The mast cells release histamine upon binding to a certain type of receptor that responds to immunoglobulin E, your IgE, okay? Anybody who has typical uh, histaminic response to allergies, we're always talking about the IgE allergy, okay? Although best known for their role in allergy and anaphylaxis, the uh, mast cells play an important protective role as well, being intimately involved in wound healing and defense against pathogens. People, we always talk about inflammation as being this big bugaboo, this big horrible thing. But the inflammatory process is how we heal. Okay, when, when you get injured and histamines release and, and heparin, what happens is that inflammation is supposed to happen. That's what allows leakage of uh, fluids and leakage of, you know, where the blood, white blood cells come in and then you have the complement system that produces antibodies for antigens. And without inflammation, the inflammatory cascade or the inflammatory process, they're all the same terms, okay, uh, we would never be able to heal. But when it gets out of control, that's where the real problem happens. So mast cells can play a real key role in the inflammatory process. When activated, a mast cell will rapidly release its characteristic granules, and it's called degranulation, okay? <clears throat> and various hormonal mediators into an area between the cells, the interstitial space, okay? Mast cells can be stimulated to degranulate, in other words, to release their histamines or granules by direct injury, like uh, physical or chemical, uh, opioids, alcohols, and certain antibiotics, such as the polymyxins. Okay, cross-linking of immunoglobulin E receptors, which I'll explain on the next slide, or the complement proteins. Uh, the allergy reaction is called the complement system. Okay, it's, it's way beyond the, um, the scope of this lecture, but it is not a, um, a quick, easy process as we like to make it when we're, when we're explaining. It's a, it's a rather complex, time-consuming process, and that is why the body creates memory cells because uh, the body wants to be able to respond to antigens uh, upon recognizing them. And it can't do that the first couple times does it and the uh, first couple times it sees the mast cells until, you know, it creates these memory cells that can re uh, react very quickly. The uh, literature reference is on the bottom there in case anybody's interested in looking at it. Okay. On page six, we're talking about the receptor that's rather interesting, the um, 
FC Epsilon uh, RI uh, receptor. It's a high affinity IgE receptor, and it's involved in the allergy disorder and parasites and parasite immunity. Okay, it ex it's expressed on mast cells and basophils and is inducible in eosinophils. In other words, this receptor that pulls in the IgE that sets off the allergic reaction or the degranulation, okay, is mostly on mast cells, okay, and it can be induced on eosinophils. And, uh, you know, anybody who's read a, um, a complete blood count and uh, has high eosinophils, that's usually induced by parasites, okay? Um, because this is found on, because this type of receptor is found on eosinophils, mast cells, and basophils, uh, as a result of its cellular distribution, this receptor plays a major role in controlling allergic responses. Uh, that's real important, okay, because this particular receptor that is involved with IgE, and IgE will create a histaminic response through this mechanism. It is also uh, expressed on the antigen-presenting cells. Now, if you remember way back when in my lecture on leaky gut syndrome, when the gut opens up and is allowed to, and the antigens are allowed to get through the cells or past the cells because there's holes, the immune system responds with a macrophage to start chewing on the antigen, okay? That is called an antigen-presenting cell. I, told, I was kidding and say it's like a maitre d', which takes its products and presents it to a naive T cell, which is not as naive as you think he is, and that T cell decides on cytokine control whether you bec it becomes, it creates a killer cell for a cellular invader or one of the antibodies, okay? So it controls the production Okay, this receptor controls the production of important immune mediators like cytokines, interleukins, leukotrienes, prostaglandins. All these things promote inflammation. Of course, we're most familiar with histamine, which results in the five symptoms of inflammation, which are heat, swelling, pain, redness, and itchiness. Now, the words are, are complicated, so don't worry so much about it. The cross-linking of this receptor with the IgE antigen complexes lead to degranulation of the mast cells or basophils and release the inflammatory mediators. So anyway, what this, try, what this trying to say is when IgE is released, okay, it hangs out with this receptor on the mast cells, and that's how degranulation occurs, and you get all this histaminic release and the other mediators being released, and again, the, the um, studies that I took this from are sitting on the bottom here. Okay, let's talk a little about histamine. I think um, part of this got cut off, I'm sorry. Okay, so histamine is an organic nitrogenous compound involved in local immune responses, as well as regulating physiologic function in the gut. Okay, that kind of tells you that it's involved in leaky gut syndrome. It acts as an excitatory neurotransmitter. Okay, histamine is an excitatory neurotransmitter, which means that any of you who have insomnia and you end up taking an antihistamine to go to sleep, it kind of tells you why you're having insomnia. Okay, histamine is involved in the inflammatory response. Histamine increases the permeability of the capillaries to white blood cells and some proteins to allow them 
to go after path, uh, pathogens in the infected tissues. But as a as a um, as part of that, okay, it's going to create leaky cells, and this is how you get the heat, swelling, pain, redness, itchiness. But histamine also rips open the cells and can create rashes of all sorts. Okay, it can create leaky gut, leaky brain, and leaky mitochondria. It can cause insomnia, anxiety, and other excitotoxic sen- uh, symptoms. It can also affect your hormones. Believe it or not, uh, estrogen dominance will increase histamine response. Okay, histamine is good for us because we need it, but in large doses over a long period of time can injure the body and create all kinds of problems. And on, the, on page 8, you can see the example of a food allergy, okay, where the mast cell... You see the food antigen, and it hangs out or gets onto the IgE antibody, which goes onto the IgE receptor. Okay, and what happens is the complex of that releases the pro-inflammatory mediators, and the degranulation of the mast cell occurs secondary to that. Mastocytosis. Did I not describe it first? How do you like that? Yeah. My mistake. Okay, well, let me go back a little bit. Okay, mastocytosis is a vast amount of mast cells in the body. Okay, for some reason, genetically, some people uh, have produced more mast cells than other people. Okay, and this can um, rise to the level of a cancer. Okay, but uh, nobody really knows why the mast cells are occurring in such great numbers. Okay, and that's what the word mastocytosis means. But the symptoms of mastocytosis can include things like anemia, coagulopathies, abdominal pain is the most common uh, gastrointestinal symptom, followed by diarrhea, nausea, nausea and vomiting. You can have GERD, uh, puritis, which is itching and flushing, uh, anaphylactoid reactions, Okay, um, from, I can't pronounce it, Hymenoptera. Okay, I thought that was a city in Egypt that was pretty rich. But anyway, uh, wasps, bees, and ants, and sawflies. General anesthetics, uh, intravenous contrast media can cause this. Other drugs, different kinds of foods. Okay, and on page 10, you can see all the various and sundry symptoms that can occur from mastocytosis and the chronic release of histamines. You know, it's interesting, okay, when we start looking at all the symptoms, and I went through a lot of different sources, and I apologize for some of this getting cut off. I don't know what happened. But when I went through all the symptoms and I said, gee, this sounds like something we've been talking about all around, okay, and, you know, loss of appetite, stomach pain, diarrhea, nausea, shortness of breath, um, flushing, this just sounds like a lot, except there's a lot of, you know, specific histaminic response. And I said to myself, you know, where are the commonalities here? What, what kind of things um, have we been talking about that have kind of the same symptoms? And frankly, I started looking up some references, and, you know, it turns out that there are um, references linking autism, chronic fatigue, my fibromyalgia, lupus, chronic Lyme, interstitial cystitis, multiple sclerosis, POTS, which is a postural orthostatic um, tachycardia syndrome and dysautonomia, and uh, they seem to have all 
these symptoms in common. Uh, we've had a lot of things we've talked about with a lot of overlap, overlapping symptoms, and a lot of these symptoms seem to be compatible with mast cell activation disorder or mastocytosis. If we go back a little bit, okay, if we go back just a little bit, oh, my God, there's a whole mess of people waiting to, waiting to talk to me. That's amazing. Okay, so, uh, right, let's just continue so we can get to all these calls. If we go back, remember from the Dysautonomia podcast, I put a chart up with chronic Lyme, chronic Lyme fibromyalgia, uh, chronic fatigue and dysautonomia, and how they all had the same symptoms. Okay, um, same thing here, because there's a lot of causations. Okay, there's a lot of infections, genetic predisposition, environmental toxins, neurotransmitter imbalances, hormone imbalances, trauma, they all result in inflammation. These are the things that set off the mast cells also. So uh, the genetics involved in mast cell activation disorder of mastocytosis are uh, DAO, diamine oxidase, the uh, NATs and HNNT, which have to do with histamine, uh, which have to do with stress, the COMT and MAO, which prevent um, excitatory neurotransmitters from uh, draining, if you will. The MTHFD1 and PEMT, which have to do with phosphatidylcholine and phosphatidylethanolamine, which have to do with cell wall integrity. The CYP1A1 and 1B1, which usually we're looking at estrogen dominance, which actually increases histamine. Uh, the SHMT1, which is your leaky gut gene, and, of course, MTHFR and BHMT and the other parts of the methylation pathway. Okay, these don't tell you you have mastocytosis, but I want to propose a different way of looking at mastocytosis, okay? I want to let you know that genetics load the gun, but environment pulls the trigger. So all mast cell diseases have genetic predisposition. Okay, we know that the genetics have set it up. But what makes it express? What can, be doing about, what can be done about the expression? Even if your body has produced a massive amount of mast cells, eosinophils, basophils, etc., something still needs to set the degranulation off and running. And herein lies the possibility of long-term control or cure. I know I shouldn't say the word cure. Uh, but let me give you another, an analogy because on page 16, it's a, what I always tell people about migraine headaches. No one can cure a migraine headache, or you can treat it, okay, but you can't cure it. Okay, and how is a migraine cured? Well, what you have to do is find and control the triggers and give the body what it needs to heal itself. That's right, how the body heals itself. Frankly, doctors can no more heal a body than a pilot can fly an airplane, and I know because I'm a pilot. I have a private pilot's license, okay? The body heals itself, and an airplane is made to fly. The doctor and pilot can provide control inputs that help provide direction, but if the body is dead, it cannot heal itself. The airplane is constructed to fly if you put enough wind under its wings. So the same approach we could use with numerous other disorders, and it might work here. Do you think that would be worth considering? I think so. What are the common triggers that may influence mast cell response? Drug abuse, excessive alcohol consumption, preservative stress, sunlight, environmental toxins, 
bacteria, fungi, mold, artificial colors or flavorings, heat, cold, a whole mess of them. I'm sure that everybody who's about to, uh, I'm going to answer on the phone, uh, can tell me more about the triggers of mastocytosis than um, I could find in the literature. But the fact is that there are numerous things that will, if you excuse the indelicacy, discombobulate the body and allow the body to be subject to release of the or degranulation of the mast cells. Common areas of concern in testing. Well, I decided to put this in so in case people wanted to know what kind of testing they should ask their provider for, uh, this would serve as kind of a guide, okay? So for the adrenals, cortisol and neurotransmitters are important. And if you have adrenal fatigue or, you know, that's not... Adrenal fatigue, adrenal exhaustion is ubiquitous. It's, you know, a lot of people have it and can be a, a um, trigger for um, setting off the mast cells. The organic acid test, which can test all the metabolites of many, of many different nutrients, so you can see what's in your cells and what, oh, I'm sorry, what you're, what you're excreting so that that can provide a uh, template for uh, treatment. Okay, an essential fatty acid profile, which will tell you about the integrity of your cell walls. <clears throat> Oxidative stress. People, everything is inflammation these days. And you know something? They're right. Some of the things you can test to see if you have a lot of oxidative stress is your homocysteine level, glutathione levels reduced and oxidized. Okay, if you have a lot of oxidized glutathione and you have certain polymorphisms in the mitochondria, okay, you know that you're having mitochondrial dysfunction. The SAM-SAW ratio, okay, uh, vitamin D125 over the vitamin D25OH, okay, when the vitamin D125 is more than three times the vitamin D25OH, you've got a lot of inflammation. Uh, lipid peroxida, uh, peroxides or peroxidases, and uh, those are markers for oxidative stress. An intracellular micronutrient analysis. Okay, we tend to do our nutrient analyses on serum, but that's not telling you what's going inside the uh, cells. So a, a micronutrient analysis is important and will measure the absorption of your nutrients, any toxic metals, and in some, with some labs, they will test the function of your antioxidants. You can have enough antioxidants and they may not be functioning well, and it may tell you something. And, of course, a good blood count and complete metabolic profile is always a good idea. The current medical treatment, as I understand it from my looking around, okay, has to do with essentially antihistamines, okay, H1, H2 receptor uh, agonists, or I'm sorry, H2 receptor antagonists, and um, antihistamines and steroids. Uh, none of these things treat the root causes and only treat part of the downstream effect, like the histamine release. So I don't think it's working very well. Okay, uh, what do you guys think? If uh, it was working real, real well, I, some people it helps control, but none of it gets at the root causes. So this is what I propose as an alternative medicine pathway. 
And I think we should look at mastocytosis like any other hidden chronic illness. That is, we should identify and manage any root causes like Lyme, toxins, uh, chronic strep, and so forth. Should identify and manage all the known triggers. Uh, you should balance the neurotransmitters to prevent the excitation inhibition imbalance. So if you have too many excitatory neurotransmitters, then that's going to set things off. You really do need to treat the gastrointestinal system because you want to slow down or stop the antigenic entry. And this is why most alternative medicine types are always looking to fix the gut. And that's the first thing generally that I'm treating, Sean treats, Cynthia, everybody else, is because if you get the gut sealed and working the way that it's supposed to, you're going to digest your foods to their constituent parts, like their constituent amino acids, because if you don't, those proteins, when you break them down to short-chain polypeptides, it's the same thing as an antigen. And if you have a leaky gut, in other words, holes in there, those antigens are going to go straight through. If you go ahead and maybe use digestive enzymes or whatever you need to do, to improve your digestion, reset or reestablish that mucus layer, which is your, ex your extrinsic barrier, seal the gut holes with phospholipids and high-dose vitamin C and everything, you know, zinc carnosine, uh, angiographis um, paniculata, so forth and so on, and you get those GI cells to recreate their tight junctions the antigens aren't going to go in or you're going to slow them down to a crawl. You slow those antigens down to a crawl, you're not going to have the reactions. You don't have the reactions, you're not going to be producing a ton of histamine. You don't produce, and if you stop the histamine, you stop the ripping open of the cells, okay, which is making all the cells in your body leaky to begin with. So you also want to shore up the cell wall integrity to stop the leaking cells because if you have a leaky gut, you've got a leaky brain and you have leaky mitochondria and you have leaky everything else. Everything is just not working the way it's supposed to. I propose that we can reduce inflammation by identifying and treating all the causes of inflammation, and part of it is the gut, part of it is the root causes, and sometimes you can use things like natural anti-inflammatories like Boswellia or some of the more esoteric anti-inflammatories like LDN and so forth, okay, might be of uh, benefit here. And via the genetic profiling, you can identify pathways that are prone to dysfunction. This is what I've been talking about since day one. Okay, you don't take one gene. You look at everything in pathways, okay? And anybody who needs to review that can go to the July 7th um, show, which was, you know, how to look at your 23andMe without going bonkers. And I talked for two hours, and I probably bored everybody to death, but it was the biggest show we ever had. Okay, so maybe people weren't that bored. Uh, and shows you how to look at this in pathways, because that's what we do when I take your 23 and I'm looking at it. I look at what pathways could possibly be compromised. And then when I look at your condition, I say, gee, you know, these are the pathways that I should try and support. And it also tells me why you may not be healing, okay? And you should identify and treat any deficiencies, nutrients, minerals, et cetera, because uh, that's how the body works. They need, you need uh, vitamins and minerals as cofactors and coenzymes uh, for all your biochemical processes. So, you know, it's true. We can't er eradicate the mast cells, nor would you want to, okay? And you can't eradicate them. They're there. I don't know why. Nobody does. I don't know why there are too many, too many 
in certain people. I don't know if it's a genetic, um, you know, if MTHFR or something is, is um, made it like this, but if we can control the degranulation, perhaps, just perhaps, we might eradicate or control the symptoms, which would do two things. It would make a person feel better and stop the chronic damage to the cell membranes. I've done this with a lot of people with a lot of different diagnoses, and they all have the same base. The cells are, are compromised. The gut is compromised. We decrease inflammation. We start giving the body what it needs to heal itself. If you want to rebuild cell walls, you need phospholipids because, as you're sick of hearing me say, the cell wall is a phospholipid bilayer. Okay, there's no getting around that. The body needs the phospholipids. Okay, if the body needs certain things to try and heal itself. Okay, if it doesn't have it, you're not going to heal. So I propose that if we do these things, uh, the symptoms and the damage would slow down and maybe reverse. Now, I don't think this is going to work for 100% of the people, but of the people that have worked with, with mast cell disease or have had that diagnosis, um, they have improved uh, significantly. Um, again, um, I always offer consults. Okay, if you want to get in touch with myself or Sean, okay, you can obtain a, um, a consult with us by going to that particular email address or give us, giving us a call. For Cynthia Smith, her number is right there, and some practitioners like myself offer a 15-minute get acquainted session to ascertain if, you're, if they can help your condition. Uh, you'll have to contact the practitioner individually, and the reason I know I do that is because um, I don't like people to spend a lot of money unless I'm sure I can help them, and it gets, gives them an opportunity to chat with me, and uh, we can see if um, if there's a possibility of helping your condition. So it is Q&A time. Okay, I don't think I have to tell people that because there's this big list of uh, people waiting to talk to me. Hopefully nobody's going to be yelling at me. I know this is controversial. So I'm going to get to the phones, and uh, if anybody has, in the chat room has questions, go ahead and type them in. Hmm. Hi, a person on the 505 area code. Are you there? Yes, yes, this is Hi. Erica. Hi, Erica. How are you? I, I, How are you? Good, doing good. Um, I have been having some really bad itching, and I just thought I'd call in because I do have MTHFR, and I have Lyme and co-infections, and I wanted to see if there's anything I can do. I actually um, wrote in a few days ago about having this problem, too, um, so I was excited about seeing what the options are. Well, like I said, like I said in the, uh, the lecture portion, um, getting at you, you've already named a couple of things that can cause uh, chronic histamine release. Okay, there's lots of them, and um, you can. You know, the only thing that I can tell you what what's available. Um, I can't treat somebody over the radio, obviously, because uh, I don't yep. know your whole history. But, you know, there are, there are certain things that you can do or at least look for uh, that might be helpful. Whatever seems to help this, okay, is going to give you a big uh, well, indicator. Well, I just figured out I should probably stay away from tomatoes. Um, okay. And that I should probably – I started juicing some uh, types of drinks that have different substances that tend to help uh, with histamine, okay. and that's about as far as I've gotten. Okay, uh, think of the, uh, if, if you're 
is certain food sets you off, okay? Of course, it can be the yep. certain food, but it also tells you you have a leaky gut, okay? Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, it may not be, it may be that you have a specific allergy to things, uh, mm-hmm. and that, you know, there's ways of treating that, but uh, if uh, staying away from histamines is helpful, then you may have a lot of extracellular histamine and something like diamine oxidase, which is the um, which is the um, uh, enzyme that helps uh, metabolize extracellular histamine might be um, might be helpful. Uh, that's available um, as a supplement, okay. And um, the various names are histame, um, Dowsin, D-A-O-S-I-N, and Dr. Ben has a product, uh, Histamine. X, I think. Okay, they're all uh, the okay. DAO enzyme. Um, I don't think you can. I don't think that that particular enzyme would. You know, if you took it when you didn't need it, would hurt anything. Uh, but it would be a good idea if you thought about uh, investigating. Um, you know what the root causes are. You know how Lyme is involved, uh, because right. what you're describing to me would be a leaky gut syndrome, which is a lot of a lot of antigens in, which are, are responding which are IgE antigens, which are creating a histamine release. You know, so okay. that is the kind of the pathway I would start thinking. Okay? The leaky gut is the most important thing to look into. Always. Okay, Always great. The most important um, thing. Well, the that's thought. great. Yeah, that's what I think I'll focus more on. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for calling in. Thank you. A person in the 732 area code, are you there? Yes. Hi, my name is Hi. Kathy. How are Hi, you? Kathy. This is Dr. Armine. What can I answer for you? Um, I was tested uh, for um, mast cell activation disorder. Mm-hmm. And I was tested, and my histamine in my blood was high, but my histamine in my urine was normal. If I go to take any antihistamines at all, they actually make me sicker. But I've also done the alternative route. And I've been told by an alternative lab, Cyrex did a, a bunch of testing on me, and I have a lot of high IgGs, and I have a severe leaky gut. Do you think the leaky gut is the main, like the root cause in the mast cell? I uh, I would, <laughs> with what you just said, <laughs> I would. I can't eat absolutely... anything without reacting. If you, that is, you are the poster child for leaky gut syndrome. Okay. Yeah. You don't know how many times a week I hear I can't eat anything without reacting one way or another, and yeah. it doesn't matter whether we call it IG, IgG, IgA. I, right. The fact is, you're producing a ton of antibodies, and one way or another, it's pumping out a bunch of histamine. So, fixing the leaky gut would be my first thing to do. Okay. Um, and uh, if you're interested in in the generalities of it, uh, I on my website, if you go to the archives, uh, there is a. Um, uh, there is uh, the show I did on leaky gut. I think it was one of the first shows I did. If you can't find it, just go ahead and email me or PM me, and I will um, I will get the show and the PDF to you. Okay. Uh, yeah. My other lot. question is, w- would you? I was looking more to go now to a functional medicine doctor. Um, would you? Would you think that's a good suggestion for me to do? I would agree that a functional medicine doctor is probably one of the better people to handle um, this situation, I think, better than an allergist, uh, a traditional allergist, because they tend to look at IgE as the only thing. Uh, right. Um, but I would watch, I would watch my uh, podcast so you have 
some knowledge about how leaky gut is treated because every one of the biggest things I run into in my consultations that I do every day is that I speak with people who uh, I say to them, uh, have, you, have you worked on your gut? Oh, yes, uh, I'm on the GAPS diet. Okay. Yeah, I what tried that. Doing? That's it. You know, and I'm like, okay, what have you done for your gut? I'll say, well, I'm taking probiotics. That what mm-hmm. your doctor Yep, that'll take care of it. That doesn't. It's not not complicated, but you have to rebuild the mucus layer. You've got to seal the cells. And in that particular podcast, I went over it, you know, rather, um, you know, rather length uh, at length. And if you can't find it, like I said, I'll be happy to send it to you. You know, no charge. <laughs> you know, okay, do and you it'll give you an idea. People? Huh? I'm sorry. Do you treat people for this? Yes, of course I do. Okay, what is your name? I just saw your somebody on the forum said quick dial this number, and I did, and I didn't even <laughs> get it from the beginning. But what, okay. I don't I'm, even know I'm what I'm talking Jess, to. Right, I'm Dr. Jess Armine. Okay, and you can um, find me at drjessarmine.com. D R J E S S A R M I N E dot com. Uh, and you're from Brooklyn. Where are you from, dear? Hello? Yeah. Are you there? I'm Kathy from 732. You're looking for somebody else, right? No, I was just wondering if you were from Brooklyn. Oh, yeah. No, I'm from New Jersey. Okay. But I've traveled around the world. I've been sick for over 35 years. And finally, I don't know, did you ever hear of uh, thedoctor.com, Thomas O'Brien? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know Dr. O'Brien. Okay. Okay. He was trying to help me with my gut a big time. And he sent all my testing to Cyrex Labs. And I came back with severely high um, IgGs. But what was interesting, I definitely do have a gluten IgE. And at Mm -hmm. that time, I had a gluten sensitivity, which they picked up. But what they did was array number three is the 24 cross foods that somebody that has to go off of gluten... They start eating Quino and spell it and mel it. And if you're not getting better and you're off of gluten dairy, this is what he told me. He said that, you know, one of those cross foods could be acting like gluten in your body. Yeah. And uh, out of he's 24, correct that the, um, the um, non-gluten grains, right. which are also known as lectins, okay, we're eating so much of them right now that we're starting to get allergies to them, and the mechanism mm-hmm. of the allergy is the leaky gut syndrome. Okay. okay, so that's because why I want you to learn a little bit about it. 22 of my IgGs came back so high. He said, right. Kathy, I can't believe how bad they are. So, so you, concentrate you know, unfortunately, on I have to be first. honest with you, I've been cheating with the gluten, and I think well, i got to kiss gluten goodbye forever. Absolutely. For, maybe not forever, but for right now, absolutely, because yeah. uh, right, yes, there's I'm lots definitely going to get in touch with you, because I, I think you okay. can help me, too. Thank okay, you. I guess Thank you can take the next question. In. Also, one quick question. Can we take bioidentical hormones, or wouldn't you suggest it? It depends on the, it depends on the individual. And that's, um, okay, because my hormone levels are all screwed up. Well, that's, that's probably because your, your adrenal gland has been um, right. stressed by all your allergies, and then you have the hypothalamic okay. pituitary, the adrenals, thyroid, and, um, yeah. and the hormones all work together. Okay. Okay. I'm definitely going to get in touch with you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And the person from the 914 area code, are you there? Hello? This 954? 954. Are you there? Okay. Yes. You said 914. 
My mistake. <laughs> I am from Florida, and uh, we have a whole bunch of people listening to you, actually, um, from TMS. Um, oh, I hope, hope is, I didn't babble um, too much. I don't know if you know that, but it is a mass self form, and we have uh, a lot of research going on with a lot of mass cell doctors that have been basically studying these for years, mm -hmm. studying this information for years. I'm just wondering how long exactly, and I'm, you know, have you been studying this? How if you treat a lot of patients with this? And you know, I've I've dealt with the mass cell um, people who've been studying it for years. Please tell me and tell everybody else how much success that they had in eradicating mass cell disease or controlling it. I, I, know I can tell you right now, very little. I know a couple of people. Cases. I know a couple of people have been helped, but you know, tell me that the people who have been studying this for 25 years, and I get this all. I get this every time I talk about dysautonomia or anything else. Okay, that uh, that is seemingly controversial. I get people say, "I've never seen your your name in the research." We've been researching this for 25 years. I said, "Now tell me your results." Okay, and the results are very poor. Okay, I'm just suggesting a different pathway. Okay, and that pathway that I've done with the people who've been diagnosed with mast cell activation disease or mast cell disorder, which is a spectrum disorder and a, a collection of symptoms, okay, plus the fact that you have a lot of mast cells, because I'm looking at it from a different way, people are getting better. I'm not saying everybody, okay, but I'm saying a goodly percentage of them, okay, and guess what? It's because we're looking at it from a different point of view that is not consistent with the research that's out there. Okay, so it doesn't matter how long I've been researching it. Okay, it doesn't oh, no. matter how I'm, many, how I'm, many I told, times I agree I, you know, with a lot of what you're saying. I actually used to be a registered nurse. I am now... You never used to be a registered nurse, dear. Never, ever used to be. Because the last time I said that, because I'm also a registered nurse, a nurse just smacked me upside the head. <laughs> well, Once okay, a nurse, I'm always a nurse. I'm a registered nurse, but I'm not working. <laughs> I was first diagnosed with POTS. Then I was diagnosed with chronic fatigue and now mast cell activation. And basically, um, you know, I have, the same I did get better on the antihistamines as far as my heart rate and my blood pressure, mm -hmm. but I am not fully better, and it's very frustrating. I want to go play tennis again. Yeah. I want to have a life again. I'm just wondering what is your treatment for something like leaky gut? What could I do for that? Well, like I told the nice lady before, Okay, I did an entire podcast on it, but let me yeah. let me go over it. If you have, uh, if we were going to follow the pathway I suggested, okay, and we wanted to reestablish cell wall integrity, not only of the gut cells and the mitochondria, but of the mast cells themselves, because they degranulate too easily. Okay, uh, one of the things you need are phospholipids, okay, which can be obtained from. Yeah, where can you get sun that? Those are things like sunflower lecithin, you know, phosphatidylcholine. Again, okay. you, you have to work with somebody who, who understands how to use this. Okay. okay. You're um, in fixing a leaky gut. Okay. The principles, I can't, I'm not going to, well, I can tell you how to do it, but, you know, uh, the principles of it are you want to reestablish the mucus layer because that's the, that is the one thing that, is the most necessary and almost nobody does. Okay, it's the easiest thing to do in the world because what you need to do is uh, consume partially soluble fibers. Okay, things like um, marshmallow root, um, slippery elm, um, 
organic prickly pear. I mean, there, there's different ones you can use that break down very quickly into the mucus layer, which is your extrinsic barrier that traps all the, you know, the toxins, the uh, xenobiotics, and, uh, you know, they get stuck in the mucus layer, and then secretory IgA comes in and binds them up, and they can't do anything. Then your biota, your natural flora, lives in the mucus. So when you take probiotics and you have no mucus, guess what? Goes right, it goes right into the body, becomes an antigen. I couldn't tolerate so, uh, probiotics. I couldn't. That's to- why. They put me on all an anti-inflammatory called Umera, and I basically had an anaphylactic reaction from that. Well, so I am. We, we would have to be really careful with you. But the fact is that the biota live in the mucus layer. Okay, and if you don't want them to act as an antigen, okay, you, be- you best rebuild the mucus layer. If you want to seal the actual holes that occur in the gut. Now, I'm going to tell you about leaky gut syndrome. The reason it gets like that is because when there's damage to the cells, okay, the yeah. cells release cytokines, and that attracts white blood cells. You ever wonder how white blood cells know where to go when there's damage? Okay, they look for cytokines. Cytokines are like the Reese's pieces that, um, that ET followed. The little girl had an ET follower, okay? So white blood cells look for the rhesus pieces, and they come in, and we all know that white blood cells clean up the area. Well, they clean up the area. Everybody thinks of the merry maids. They're not the merry maids, okay? They go in like swat and rip everything apart, okay? And they release elastase, which chews up the mucus even more. But they leave, they, they kill off and pull apart anything that's dying, and they leave good cells to re-adhere, well, if that happens once or twice, it's not a big deal, but it's happening all the time. You need to help the body uh, reestablish its cell walls, and that's the things with the phospholipids, high-dose vitamin C. There's other substances you can use, like uh, zincarnosine, um, angiographis paniculata, so forth and so on. And then after you get that together, okay, this is when you add the probiotics in, okay, in addition to all of this stuff, you want to be taking a digestive enzyme that isn't setting anything off so that you break down your foods, okay, to their constituent parts so that you're not creating antigens. When antigens or any of these bad boys get through the gut, okay, they evoke the immune system by the mechanism that I told you bef- that I mentioned before where a macrophage starts chewing on the antigen presents it to a a naive T cell which starts creating antibodies. And then when it creates antibodies, it creates memory cells to that particular antigen. And the nice lady who was on before, okay, from New Jersey, okay, she's she's reacting to everything, which means that she's got memory cells to a whole mess of different antigens. The reason for memory cells is so that the body can create antibodies very quickly, okay? And memory cells are like my cat sitting on... Uh, the windowsill waiting for an antigen to come by, usually me, okay, before he sees me and he pounces. By the way, if you ever get pounced on by a cat, there's only one defense, catch the cat. They don't like that, okay? But they will respond to a single antigen, okay? And if you have enough memory cells there, you start producing more antibodies than there is antigen, and you've got a whole mess of free antibodies running around. And that's what creates the havoc, Okay, you got enough of that. You got inflammation, you got histamine, you got all kinds of stuff happening. And over time, long-term inflammation, okay, yeah, upregulates the immune system, which now dysregulates the immune system, and that's there why you got POTS and two or three different dysautonomias, 
okay? You ever hear of anybody who's got rheumatoid arthritis? They don't usually just have rheumatoid. They'll have rheumatoid, Sjogren's, and a few other things, okay? That's long-term inflammation, okay? And you can cut down the inflammation by half, three-quarters by just fixing the gut, and then start looking for other root causes, things like Lyme, things like anaplasma, things that could you know, uh, have dysregulated your system. Uh, Even things in the gut like yeast, H. pylori, parasites, all these things can set set the stuff off and keep the excitation high and allow your body not to heal. Okay, so the the proposing that I've done is with all chronic diseases is to get back to the basics of helping the body fix itself. This is especially, we've noticed in Lyme patients, okay, We've uh, worked, especially Sean, but Sean works a lot with Lyme literate doctors, and most of those doctors have learned to send the patients to Sean first, let him reestablish the body's functions, and then start treating them for Lyme. Okay, because so in a Lyme patient, we go to we have to go to where you are to do no. this. No. You do this I do, the, I do like this a- on the. I do this on, on the Skype internet. Or okay, the that's very good to know. I don't want to take up any more of your time. But <laughs> okay, I'm bad to know. As usual. I will be calling you. I will talk to you soon. Take you, care. Whatever. Okay. Thank Bye-bye. you. Hi, <laughs> person in the uh, six three one area code. Oh, hi. Uh, hi. Is that me? Hi. That's you. Uh, my name is Michelle. I have a smoldering systemic massive psychosis. I was diagnosed in 1989. Um, I had issues with um, massive anaphylaxis. Um, I did go on interferon for two and a half years, which has decreased my mast cells 50% and my tryptase 50%. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, it was great because, I mean, it took a long time. It was after a year that I It does work, yeah. That is one of the few things that do work. But the thing is, I still don't feel well. I have issues walking. Um, I headaches. I did have to move. I lived in New York. I moved to Florida. And um, I just can't seem to do much of anything. And um, like I said, I, I mean, I have, my bones hurt. I have a, a lot of uh, bone lesions. I have, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's just... What can could you help me with anything? Could you well, help me here's, with anything? Well, I, I could. I would love to say yes, but here's here's what I would do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, first off, uh, like I said in the show, that um, if you call uh, my number, you can uh, schedule a 15 minute um, get acquainted type session. Which uh, we in which case we could talk for a good 15 20 minutes, and I can answer that question with a little more assurity. But okay. what I what I would do to, to the way I work, just in case anybody mm-hmm. else needs to know, is I will take your all of your lab tests um, and ask you to either write out a history, which most people have already written out, or fill out my intake form so that I get a good history. And I read everything beforehand, okay? Mm-hmm. So that when we have a consultation, which is about an hour hour to an hour and a half in length. We use that as a jumping-off point. And here's the things that I look for. I look for your, through your entire history and your lab work for any stones that have been left unturned. Mm-hmm. Okay, so and my question with you, of course, you had interferon. You've decreased the number of mast cells. You've decreased the tryptase, which is wonderful. Okay, but I would say to myself, why is this nice lady still feeling badly? Okay, and mm-hmm. then I would look at all the various uh, lab work and 
your history, and that's going to point us in the right in the direction of the possibilities. If you have your 23andMe and your genetics done, um, mm-hmm. you know I yeah. can use that as a referent. And you know sometimes mm-hmm. I see things like uh, mitochondrial, the possibility of mitochondrial uh, problems. It may be a transsulfation problem where you're not producing enough glutathione, or if you've got too much sulfur in the pathways, it'll give you brain fog mm-hmm. like the big band. Okay, so yeah. when you start putting all this uh, stuff I have big, together. Big issues with that, yeah. yeah. I mean, people have so, to um, complete my sentences. Well, it's, and, and there you go, and there's the reason. It's not always just leaky gut, it's putting everything together, and what it takes is somebody to mm-hmm. look at you in a true holistic manner. In other words, look at everything and who has an eclectic knowledge of traditional and non-traditional medicine and said, okay, look, this is what I can do for you. This is where the stone's been left unturned. Or, my God, you've been, you've been to Trinidad and, and Nicaragua and you were a missionary. There. How is there a possibility that you don't have parasites, you know, even though the tests are negative? So that's the way I would go about, um, I would go about thinking about this. And that's why I offer the 15-minute um, consultation so that I can get more information and I can look at somebody and say, yeah, I think I can help you, or no, you know, this is, um, you know, not, not within right. my purview. My question to you, too, is that, yes, um, you say that it can be caused from something else. Even if you have bone marrow involvement, it could be caused from something else? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Think, of it, think, of it, think of it as you're thinking of it as causing the mastocytosis. Think of mm-hmm. what sets off the mast cells. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't. I haven't been able to find anything, you know, that explains why the mast cells are the way they are. Okay, and mm-hmm. why they produce. But I do know that everybody who's got a lot of mast cells doesn't have uh, the mast cell activation disorder. Okay. Right. And I looked, and I'm glad you agree with that because that's the salient point. So mm-hmm. how about we look at what sets it off? and right. how I you was, can get the body to right. work better. I was told I have both MCAS and mastocytosis because I'm very reactive, but I'm also very allergic to a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And then, and then so, my doctors always said, well, because, you know, since I'm allergic, it complicates my mastocytosis. Absolutely. It does. Because your allergy, which is an IgE complement right. that, you know, hooks onto that high affinity receptor and sets off the mast cells, you know, what if you were not producing so much IgE? Now, I, I used to produce a lot of IgE. I no mm-hmm. longer have high, uh, high IgE. What about your IgG and IgA and all the other immunoglobulins? I okay. know. I've never been tested. Well, you see, that's, that's the problem with working, and it's not a problem. You know, I, I don't disrespect the medical profession. I just, I think that our, our difficulty, if you will, is the amount of specialties because specialists tend to, tend to be very myopic, okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, when you're dealing with allergists, they just think IgE, which in your case, I mean, was a great thing to start with. But, you know, mm-hmm. now that you're asking the question that I'm not completely better, I'd be looking at different aspects, different immunoglobulins, different things that are setting okay. off the same cascade, okay? And right. doing it safely so that mm-hmm. when we talk, let's say, about food allergies or leaky gut or whatever it happens to be, okay, that we could go about fixing the body in a manner that doesn't create a difficulty for you, okay? Mm-hmm. And um, 
has a greater probability of giving you what you need to um, giving you what you need to heal. Okay, and right. I realize it's controversial because like, I can tell by the amount of uh, <laughs> amount of calls I have waiting for me. I know somebody's going to come after me. Well, you know? it's um, uh, TMS. It's a different way of thinking your, about it. Right. I know. I'm not offering. I'm not offering a cure. I'm offering a, a possible mechanism. Right. No, I, that would you know be helpful. I, I, you know, we need help, and a lot of people need help. And the thing is, mm-hmm. you know. People, like you said, they just look in one direction, and it's like they don't look all over because, uh, you know, I've talked, I've discussed it with different um, researchers and things like that, and I, and I said, you know, let's look at all of the um, genetic mutations and, like, you know, look at everything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they find, you know, because I'm kit positive, um, they one time, you know, and I noticed a lot of people with mastocytosis, some of us are getting Jack 2, um, they found mm-hmm. Jack five in my bone mm-hmm. marrow, but but then it went away. So I think that's patchy and it's not showing maybe right now. But you know, there's so much that we don't know. But we're I know. sick. And I, I like know what you said to so look at everything. Do all these tests. I never had, for instance, you know, I didn't have the histamine and everything until I saw one of the you know renowned doctors like with the urine tests. And before I just did bone marrow. I've seen hematologist and they just look at one thing and they don't really okay so you're flushing um, uh, you're this that okay well we can deal with that but the thing is I'm, I'm stuck in my home I can't go anywhere I I'm know. just sick that's not well, this is why this is why we offer this uh, by telemedicine on on uh, via the internet I will tell you a story right. about somebody who had um, who had all the flushing and mastocytosis symptoms and uh, I put him on this uh, you know once we discussed it uh, and I did exactly what I what I proposed to do, and he is no longer flushing. Okay, certain things will make him flush, like if he drinks too much alcohol and so forth. But he's no longer flushing. He's no longer breaking out. Okay, and his cell walls, I believe, are healing because he's putting a fair amount of uh, phospholipids into himself, and um, we're getting, you know, he's getting that kind of response that I expected. Uh, but right. again, it's a different it's and a different point of view. What's, what's your number? I, My number is six ten. Yeah, six ten, four four nine nine seven one six. Seven one six. Okay. And one of the ladies said she's gluten, uh, but she cheats. I can't eat wheat and I can't cheat. Otherwise, they go into anaphylaxis. I'm yeah, I well, you know, into anaphylaxis easy. I, uh, I I feel for you, dear. I know how I know how frustrating this is. It really is, and that's why we would uh, we would treat it very, very, very gingerly. But you know, there's got to be a reason. If you think about it, it's got to be a reason why your body does not want to heal. Okay, and right. that's the secrets are in the genetics that give us the directions. Okay, mm-hmm. and you know, the guys in my research group, people like Dr. Ben Lynch, um, Sterling Hill, uh, Cynthia Smith, you know, Sean Bean, myself, you know, it, the, we've been working on the epigenetics for a long time. And look, you know, you can see the the whole. If you if you look at the epigenetics as a whole, look at them in pathways, you can see where somebody may not want to heal, and you can say, okay, there it is in the mitochondria. Let's work mm-hmm. with that. Okay, and we found this mm-hmm. out working with the fluoroquinolone toxicity people, okay, that we could get their mitochondria working again. Uh, so sometimes that's the reason that somebody won't heal because they can't produce the energy they need to heal. 
okay? And they just have too many free radicals running around, which are oxidating compounds, mm-hmm. okay, which is mm-hmm. the oxidative stress everybody talks about. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, you know, they may just perhaps, and all I'm saying is perhaps, and, and I think, you know, I'm onto something, but perhaps we can look at this in a different way, okay, and think yeah. about stopping the expression of the disease instead of the disease itself. Well, yeah, it makes sense what you said, and thank you very much, and I'll let other people... You're welcome. Thank you for calling. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Have a good night now. Bye-bye. You too. Thank you. Hi, a person in the 813 area code. Are you there? Okay. And the person in the 413 area code, are you there? Hello? Hello? Okay. Some people went on for, have been waiting for such a long time. Hi, the person in the 317 area code, are you there? Hello? Hello? Hi, this is Dr. Armine. Oh, I didn't know I was in the queue. You are in the queue. I'll talk anyway. Do you have a question? (laughs) Okay. Um, Sure. All right. Um, I know that I have had a leaky gut, and as a result, I am salicylate sensitive. So, you know, I was going over your website, and I've read a lot about healing the gut. And unfortunately, it requires you to do a lot of herbs and all those things that are so high in salicylate that I cannot even touch them. Yeah. There's alternate ways of dealing with it. There are. Okay. I've, I've, well, that's yeah, I've, de- I've developed. I've worked with several salicylate sensitive people. It's a little bit, <clears throat> a little bit trial and error. Okay. But <laughs> a little bit tricky. <laughs> it's a little bit tricky, but it's not impossible. Okay, and I well, understand. Believe me, some people are real sensitive to salicylates. You know, and um, you just have to be careful. But but it is possible. And um, sometimes you'll use a um, a, a fiber that maybe uh, estrogenic to a certain degree, okay, like a phytoestrogen, but is less of an issue than the salicylate. Okay, so you fight one battle and fight the other. Okay, right, so it is possible, right. and that's why you have to work with somebody who's um, used to doing this. But if you can fix a leaky gut, okay, if you can fix a leaky gut, you can fix most of the problems. Most of what the um, what the it ails the world can be fixed with a leaky gut because that's where most of the inflammation comes from. And if it weren't right. for the sulfur, we wouldn't have any wars if people would take Epsom salt baths and not get all that magnesium into them. Oh, okay, I so. take one every night, every night, 20 minutes. <laughs> that's great. Every Wonderful. night. And, and, you know, I really think I have um, a, some kind of pathway that is, that is blocked that the, um, the magnesium pulls it out or, the, you know, the sulfate pulls it out. So... I, you know, I've been listening to what you're saying, and I'm like shaking my head. Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, it <laughs> does work. Yeah, you're research you're and, you know, needing I, the magnesium, and you're needing the sulfur, and um, yeah, it makes you wonder because that's also going to help you create glutathione, which is your master mm-hmm. antioxidant. Okay, and you can absorb this stuff through the skin. And those people who have trouble with the Epsom salt because of the sulfur in it, some people have sulfur pathway problems, can use magnesium chloride. Okay, which mm, they okay. do sell. And they'll still get their magnesium, and some people can use magnesium gel. And sometimes with uh, autistic children, we have, um, you know, GABA creams that, that cross, the, uh, cross the skin real well, you know, and you can get, you know, magnesium and 
<clears throat> into the magnesium is a wonderful compound. You know, if you can get enough of it, it's just used for everything, mostly calming. Right, right. I, I just can't say enough about the Epsom salt bath. I always tell, you know, anybody mm-hmm. that has a salicylate issue, try this. It's actually pretty mm-hmm. amazing. I've heard of people even um, putting them on Band-Aids and just putting the salt against their skin. I myself haven't tried that. I just take the soap. Well, and, you know, some, pe- and some people do that, and uh, that's a good way to test to make sure you're not going to have okay. a reaction. Okay. Right, and right. if somebody can handle that, then they can... I think they, the, what I've told my patients is to use two cups of Epsom salt in a nice, uh, what I call a lady hot bath, okay? Mm-hmm. You know, the, the one that, that you girls like and the guys put their finger in there and say, hey, that's the temperature I use to boil eggs. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. But in a lady hot yeah. bath, it's, it's really, I mean, you're going you're gonna to get it, you know? Okay. Uh, and not everybody can handle it, but if you can, it's a wonderful thing. Yeah, sometimes heat can be a trigger to the mast cells. Mast cells hate heat. Yes, they can. So... Exactly. So you have to. Issues. Right. So we have to play a little bit. Everybody. Okay. That's okay. why we call it bioindividualized medicine because I don't follow any protocols. Protocols is a four-letter word. Four-letter word in my office. Okay. Right. We right. do everything individualized based on the individual needs and individual physiology. So okay. when you go to a doctor that practices a protocol, you step out. You slip out the back, Jack. Okay. Because right. you know if you have a hammer and all you have is a hammer, everything to you looks like a nail. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> right. and for let's face right. it, most people with the, the hidden illnesses, uh, they don't need a, somebody who just practices protocols. They need somebody who thinks. Right, okay. right. And well, works with and them. And that makes sense. Yes. And that makes sense. It does. Because, you know, the salicylates, I, I completely have to avoid anything over moderate. Um, but mm-hmm. histamines I can cheat with. You know, they were talking about cheating. I'm on a low histamine diet as well. But... Mm-hmm. Um, I can cheat once in a while. I have to pay for it, but it's not anaphylactic episodes like the salicylates cause me. So, you know, you got to well, pick your battles. <laughs> yeah, you, exactly. Yeah. You got to pick the battles that need to be fought and pick the battles you can win. Okay, well that's get the body know, working. Like, and guess what? You know, it it will work. It will work. But okay. that doesn't right. mean we well, have to be careful. <laughs> I've been working on healing my gut. I I know that I it's, know. I'm it's, glad. it's getting that direction, and I know that's the the key. It's just you know I. I feel sometimes overwhelmed because all the all the foods and and the, that are recommended, I I definitely cannot touch with a ten foot pole, you know. So well, sometimes I'll tell you, I'll tell you what you do is you you look at my um look at my podcast on leaky gut syndrome, and okay. if you can't find it, just email it. me. I'll send it to you. Uh, okay. If you can't find the PDF associated with it, um, I'll be happy to send it to you. Just let me know. And okay. um and I also have uh, a couple of blogs on leaky gut. And look at that that way of dealing with it, okay? Okay. Instead of okay. just the foods, looking at healing the gut, utilizing various substances. And then you have to look up the substances and see what the salicylate levels are. And then that's right. that's where there's a lot of ledger domain and a lot of, um, a lot of thinking and a lot of uh, working comes in, you know? Right. Right. That's exactly okay. where it, yeah. That's where the rubber hits the road. So, all right. Well, oh my gosh, so I appreciate you your Take help. care now. Bye bye. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Hi, person the eight hundred four area code. Are you there? Hello. Are you there? Hi, this is Dr. Armine, a person in the 5800 area code. Are you there? Hello? 
Anybody there? 580 area code? No? Okay. Okay. Uh, the person in the 352 area code, are you there? Hello? This is Dr. Armine. Are you there? Are you here? I heard a yes. Then you need to hang up. Okay. Are you there? If not. Okay, there's a um a question on the uh on the chat. So we need to heal the mucus layer uh first then probiotics, uh question marks. And then it says, so many integrative docs say to take massive amounts of probiotics to heal the gut. So that's not the order to heal it? No, it isn't. Uh, If you put the probiotics in first, okay, there's two things that go on. First of all, you do need the probiotics, okay, because you have to repopulate uh, the gut itself. But if you don't have a mucus layer, the biota, the probiotics, which are in the microorganisms, sometimes you hear them called the biota, the natural flora, whatever, okay, have no place to be. Okay, they live in the mucus. You've heard of prebiotics, okay, things like FOS, which doesn't mean full of you-know-what. It means oligosaccharides. Okay, those in, if you were to take a probiotic with a prebiotic, there's never enough prebiotic in there, okay, to create the mucus layer that the probiotic needs to, um, to sustain itself, okay? So it makes logical sense and it has been tested innumerable times to do the mucus layer first. Now, if you take the probiotics and just start throwing them in, there's a big possibility that, you're cre- that the body will treat it as an antigen because those probiotics and whatever they were created in, whether it's dairy and so forth, will just kind of slip through the holes in the gut, and the body will respond to them as if they were antigens or cellular invaders. Okay, so... It only makes good sense, and clinically, when we've done it in the manner I've mentioned, I've had better uh, results by creating the mucus layer, spending some time uh, letting the gut cells heal before you throw in the probiotics. Okay, um, trust me, it works. And uh, if it's a matter of only a few weeks that you're starting the mucus and everything else before you put the probiotics in, um, massive amount of probiotics never heal the gut, okay? Not one thing heals the gut, and that's why I get so vehement about it, because that is the thing that I see the most. People are being told how to heal their guts, and they're not being told the correct way. And it's not expensive. You know, I'm not selling a, you know, I do have a gut repair kit, you know, on my, on my website, but that's not the reason, you know, <laughs> I'm saying you need to do it this way. You see, look at my kit, you see there are products from all over the place. It's the way I've been treating a gut. Okay, and the way that um, many good doctors have been treating guts for a long time and very successfully. So I hope that answered your question. Okay, nice person in the 773 area code. Are you there? Hello. Hi, this is Dr. Hi, Dr. Armin. How are you? Hi. Um, actually, my girlfriend called and told me to give you your number. I did actually see um, your information. I had done the 23andMe, and mm-hmm. I'm a little mutant monster. <laughs> um, I'm certainly a mutant monster. Now that's one I haven't heard. Thank you. I needed yeah. a laugh today. That's great. I'm sorry. We, we have I didn't to laugh. To, because, I hope I didn't hurt your feelings. That's you. great. <laughs> you know, um, I've been sick ever since I was a little kid. And I uh, one thing, Go my ahead. mom, my mom is like A blood. My dad is AB blood. They said 
their blood didn't mix after, of course, she has, has me. They were going to transfuse my blood when I was born and said, oh, she's probably going to have a lot of allergies. And oh sure enough, gosh. they didn't transfuse my blood, but I was sick ever since I was a little kid. Oh, you I kidding. would, like, throw up my formula. I was allergic to my Pampers. It just went on and on and on. Mm-hmm. You know, and I kind of outgrew it a little, but I was always, like, dizzy and different things. I just recently had testing, and I have hyperagenergic pots. Um, mm. So my gut has been slowing down. Um, mm-hmm. I got diagnosed in January with SIBO, so I got small intestinal bacteria overgrowth right. or whatever. SIBO. So, yeah. yeah, healing the gut has been something I'm, like, now trying to work on. I, for the last two years, I was having mast cell reactions on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Thank God I never had to use my epi, but I found out I really should have because <laughs> I didn't really know that it was like totally anaphylaxis. Nobody really knew what was going on with me. Right. And yeah. so that, that's not an unusual scenario. Yeah, I have been to doctor after doctor. I am just like, I'm just like so like just crying, and I got papers and you know stacks of this, and nobody can figure me out. And I'm the, I'm what do they call me? My little um. Uh, mystery diagnosis girl, <laughs> live in a bubble. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm so familiar with all the stuff that everybody is talking about. It's just like I, I know. me in a nutshell. It, it's, it, the, the, again, the way that, um, that you treat POTS and, and anything else. You said it yourself. You've been sick, especially in your gut, since you've been little. So yeah. if, if you, you know, accept the fact or recognize the fact that that's going to be a source of inflammation, Okay. Mm-hmm. Then you've had long-term inflammation, which is going to affect the receptors in various areas of your body. And usually, I see dysautonomia symptoms. Okay, uh, with people who've had inflammation for a long time, dysautonomia are things like mast cell activation disorder, POTS, OI, a whole mess of different things. Okay, and decreasing inflammation. And there are substances you can take that can help reset receptors okay mm-hmm. um and uh you take that and um and fix the gut and look at the various um things that can cause allergies and it just all the stuff that i've been talking about okay usually are, are usually i'm not going to say with you but yeah. usually are the are the stones that i find unturned okay yeah. and even though people have been to the best doctors and they and remember when you go to a medical doctor or any other kind of doctor who has a very uh, who has a specialty, they're usually not being ignorant. They're usually giving you their best. Oh yeah, okay? I mean I know they they worked me up beyond belief because like right. my sed rate was in mm-hmm. it my my C-reactive protein seventy and my wow. my sed rate fifty and sixty and I'm forty five so years what, old. When I was in my forties, back your head is not blowing off. Yeah. You know what? I mean, they did um, temporal artery biopsy. Um, like, my head swelled, mm-hmm. my veins swell. I have Raynaud's, nodes, always checking me mm-hmm. for autoimmune. Now all my lymph nodes are, like, super swollen, and so they're kind of watching me for non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And so mm-hmm. I, mean, I have a specialist in every department. And, you know, and I was wondering, I'm like, if the leaky gut is active, can that make your lymph nodes swell? And that was, yeah. like, my question. It can cause think, – think of the leaky gut, if we're just going to talk leaky gut. Okay. Uh, and you have SIBO, which makes it worse. Okay, right. and, or parasites so like stuff, which will make it worse, or yeast that will right. make it worse. Okay, but let's just talk leaky gut by itself. That mm-hmm. can cause what that causes is a ton of inflammation. 
Okay. Right. Excitation, inflammation. I tend to use the words interchangeably. But when you have the immune upregulation that, that will result in inflammation, and you look at the present state of the medical literature, they are, you know, recognizing that inflammation is it. It's the thing. It's what's going on. That's what's causing all the problems, okay? Yeah. So that isn't licensed to use an anti-inflammatory because, unfortunately, that becomes the only armamentarium. What that means you should do is start looking at why this person's inflamed, okay? And one of the things that I like to do is I like to go through everybody's records because, believe me, sometimes, you know, I get get a stack of records that would choke a horse. Yeah, that's a minor. Well, that's okay. You know, you start (laughs) looking through them and you say to yourself, okay, um, what has this person not been afforded? And what I usually see are wonderful workups by people. Okay, yeah. but I see things that they they look at it and say, oh, okay, it's there, but and they don't recognize it as being significant for that person. Right. Okay, and I'll say, okay, let's do this. Let's, you know, I'll tell you, we putting this all together. This is what I see. Okay, how about we try, but, 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 and see if we start getting some progress here. Okay, right. and I, you know, the very final arbiter of um, of what. I do, or anybody should do, is the risk-benefit factor. So if what I propose to do with somebody propose, you know, doesn't give them any risk and only a, and a probability of benefit, then it's worth trying. It's worth trying, right. Absolutely. I really truly believe that that leaky gut is, like, my problem. I think that's what keeps me mm-hmm. inflamed and has set mm-hmm. everything off, and I really think and it sounds like you've had it for a while. Yeah. You know? yeah and the SIBO, I mean, and there are, there are ways of treating... Mm-hmm. Uh, multiple infections in the gut, and there there are biocidal agents that are herbal that are you know um, you know there's there's alternative ways of treating everything, and I'm you know the nice thing about being an alternative medicine doc and being a registered nurse because I was a ER and ICU nurse for many years. Uh-huh. Okay, before I went before I went to chiropractic school, and um, is having the both points of view. Right, and right. knowing when someone needs to be treated be- by a particular specialty. My, my patients have always known that I'm the best first stop for everything because if it's not in my court, I, I not only tell them where they need to go, but I usually right. facilitate it. And then those doctors, like in the old days, become responsible to me because I'm like, you don't treat my patients badly because I will show up at your door. Okay, mm-hmm. and they know that. And, and right. being who I am, I'll show up with two guys behind me with no necks. And, uh, you know, hey, you treated Mrs. Jones badly. I would like to talk with you. <laughs> you know? I know. And okay, yeah, so okay, I, I definitely I, you know, believe in yeah. your leaky gut theory, and, and I definitely wanted to go, you know, holistic. That's why I did the 23andMe. I'm, like, at wit's end. I've done everything my doctors have asked. I've had so many surgeries, so much medicine, and I just, I hate, I just want to go, like, natural, you know, and just well, really you're try probably, to. you're probably at that point where they've done everything that they can do, Possible, and right. uh, and you can that is the perfect point for somebody like me to treat it because we can look at everything that's been done, see whatever stones have been left unturned, and right. then what happens from there is you say, okay, yeah, leaky gut, but and you know we can address this and this and this, and then we figure out a reasonable order to do it and and substances that you don't react to, and then we go on from there. It is not as um, as simple as I'm saying. It does take a lot of work and a lot of um, a lot of consideration, but it has the uh, virtue of having not been done with you before, and that allows a very high probability of improvement or success yes. in what you're trying to do. 
Yeah, and I totally believe that. So, yeah, definitely I will be. You know, I've actually started listening to some of your blog talk radio little talks and stuff, so I definitely want to check that out, and I would love to give you oh, a please call. Do. So please we do. We appreciate and everything you do for everybody oh, like thank us. Thank you so much. I appreciate that <laughs> thank thought you, so much. Thank right, you. Have a good Bye-bye. night. Bye-bye. You Bye-bye. too. Hi, the nice person in the 954 area code. Are you there? Hello? Hello? Hi, this is Dr. Armine. Are you there? Uh, you already spoke to me, so I don't want to take up any more of your okay, time. Okay, well, I'm thanks so much. I appreciate it. Take care. Bye-bye. The person in the 214 area code, are you there? A person in the 413 area code, are you there? I'll hang up on him. Oh, why would you hang up on me? <laughs> no. no, I said they always hang up. They're hanging up on you. Can you hear me? Oh, that's okay. Yeah, I can hear you. Go ahead. <laughs> This is Michelle. I was listening. I wasn't on the queue, but I'll continue then. I, now, leaky gut. Now, I have IBS, and I'm usually the opposite of what I used to many years ago. I was, I'm the one with smoldering that you spoke mm-hmm. with. And I was just wondering, now, when you're constipated instead of massive diarrhea, I mean, is there a difference in that, or is that pretty much the similar, you know, the same... Well, it depends, you know. Uh, it, mm-hmm. it all indicates gut involvement, okay? Mm-hmm. And that's what, um, that's what you know, you should, that's, it can be a whole mess of other things. But mm-hmm. um, it can be, um, yeah, you just take that as gut involvement and you go on from there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you know what? It was wonderful talking to you. Like, I, Thank <laughs> you. I have already spoken <laughs> to you and I had the pleasure. Okay, take care. Okay, bye-bye. Uh, someone just texted me or texted my Facebook page and said she was very confused as tonight's show was not, capital letters, on mastocytosis, but rather a call-in show. Hmm. Well, uh, dear, the first part of the show was electron mastocytosis, and uh, I, always allow, um, I always allow a lot of time for Q&A, okay, because that's what people want, to, want is to be able to speak. And uh, this is the first time we've had a whole mess of calls. So I try and combine everything. I have a one-hour show. I do schedule 90 minutes in case this happens so no one, um, that everyone gets their questions answered. So sorry you didn't get the, uh, the whole show, but if you want to listen to the archive, it'll be on my uh, website by tomorrow. Okay? Okay, let's see. Hi, this is Dr. Armine. Looks like somebody's calling in from Skype. Hello? Hello? Hi, this is Dr. Armine. Hi. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I didn't know I was on Skype, but I'm calling from Canada. Well, I, I didn't know. I just I see I see 111. That's I I thought it was a Skype. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's okay. So, I suffer from I've had IBS for 20 years and it used to be just 
periodically um, with certain foods, and it would be severe spasms. And then I had um, a hysterectomy, and I developed histamine intolerance and mm-hmm. lymphocytic colitis. The doctors mm-hmm. didn't know how to treat my colitis or why I wasn't getting treated, and then I discovered through my own research that it was a histamine issue because mm-hmm. I had heart racing with every food I ate and diarrhea constantly. So I ended up getting put on, um, well, I asked them to put me on ketotivin, Mm-hmm. which is a mast cell stabilizer, and mm-hmm. I'm finding that's working pretty good. I take it three times good. a day. Wonderful. But um, I'm still finding every single morning I have I have to go like four four times every morning. It's like constantly, and and I do have times where if I um I guess getting overloaded and I find the chemicals in the air or perfumes or things like that, mm-hmm. and I, I definitely have a chemical sensitive sensitivity mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And I understand that all kind of goes hand in hand with this. Is that right? It does. It does. And and multiple chemical sensitivity and um, certain gut issues, uh, they all tend to create or be created by uh, uh, chronic inflammation. Okay. And um, right, that's what I, I have. said. Yeah. That, but yeah, then how does the, it, go ahead? How does a person handle that though? That's all in our environment. Like I can't. Some days I can't even drink like even just bottled water because I have to I, find one without fluoride in it. I know, and when, and the the point is, and and I'm glad you asked that question in that way. Okay, uh, we, so we've got a grand total of a minute, thirty seconds left, but I can answer it in that time. Okay, uh, the point is like just as the, just as the lady who said that everything she eats she reacts to. Okay, yeah. uh, you are reacting because the base problem is get has been getting worse over time. Okay, and mm-hmm. that's why when mm-hmm. you look at the entire condition, you say to yourself, okay, what is it that we could possibly uh, do different here? Uh, and, you know, we tend to, I, we, when I say we, I said doctors like me tend to start at the gut, okay, and see, um, you know, if we can start repairing or getting that gut working better because that will drop, it, drop inflammation in and of itself. Okay, we can add, uh, you, you have a mast cell stabilizer, okay, but it's not actually fixing the cells. Okay, it's like an it's like an anti um, uh, epileptic medicine. Okay, it may stable it may mm-hmm. stabilize the cells be- while it's working, but it's not actually fixing the cells. So sometimes you can look at what works, and then see if you can replicate it or do that better by getting the body to do it itself. Okay, okay. Um, and I, I do have I do have Homo C six seven seven T for the mm-hmm. MTHFR. So I know I don't do well with toxins, so I have to have Epsom salt baths every other night. And oh my God, it's like if you have to do so many things, yeah. If you have to do so many things, uh, it means that um, your body simply isn't working the way that it should. And that's that has been my point since you know since day one with chronic illnesses is what can we Mm -hmm. do to get the body to work the way it's supposed to? And it's it may and it's worked with many many people that that becomes the stone that has been left unturned. And if you give the body what it needs to work, it will simply work. But the problem is, is I also have oral allergy syndrome. So mm-hmm. I have it to birch trees, which cross-reacts with all fruit mm-hmm. and a lot of vegetables. So it's like, how no, do I get I, I didn't say it would be me? easier. <laughs> I didn't say no, it would be No, it's really easier. hard. Like, okay. But, you know, find sometimes a vitamin that I don't can't get, get nauseous with. I know. Sometimes when we can't get uh, get it in orally, well, we have you know at least in my office we'll do intravenous therapy. Okay, I have oh, a medical okay. physician that I work with, and we'll do high dose uh, intravenous vitamin C, uh, you know, amino acids, 
uh, multivitamins, uh. multiminerals, and we can get a lot of healing done that way. Okay, and then after, you know, a course of that, you know, because you can't get it in orally, and this is when you get that healing done, guess what? You know, uh, you can now start on the oral stuff. What you're doing is turning back the clock. Okay, so I would would suggest 10 years ago, you probably were able to do things that you're unable to do now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you could turn that clock back by giving your body the ability to heal itself. You know, the, the example I give to a lot of people is think of a bell curve. Okay, and if mm-hmm. your body's within one standard deviation of normal, your homeostatic mechanisms, okay, uh, will mm-hmm. normalize you. Like that, that's where our bodies are built. It, you know, maybe one, mm-hmm. one and a half, two standard. When you're about three, four standard deviations away from normal, what happens is uh, you need some intervention, whether it's herbal, medicine, and just brings it back towards where your body can handle it itself. So when you have like an infection, like a strep throat, you know, the medicine they give you doesn't kill all the microorganisms, it just gets it to the point where the immune system can take care of it. But people with with hidden diseases and um, long-term chronic inflammation are like 15, 16, 17 standard deviations from normal, Mm -hmm. okay? And we have to do a lot Mm -hmm. of things to start bringing them back piece by piece towards the middle. Okay, and you'd be surprised mm-hmm. that if we can take somebody who can't put anything in, we start intravenous therapy, okay, or I suggest to their doctors what, what to do, and bring them back, and you get them back to in about five or six sand deviations where you can do things orally, and then you can bring way back, back to that, you know, one or two standard deviations, and that's where the body starts healing itself because that's the way you're made, okay? And I, I'm oh. not trying to be facetious, but that's cool. the philosophy no, that I'm doing cool. in my head. To, and then yeah. in the process of doing that is looking at a history, looking at the genetics and, you know, and all the indicators that that gives us and then discussing it with the patient, deciding on a course of, of treatment and then working with them on a regular basis, at least talking with them and saying, you know, <laughs> let's face it, not everybody, not everybody can take everything. So it's, um, no. it, can get, it, can get, it gets a little hairy, but it's not, it's not impossible. Okay? okay, good to know. Thank all you right. so Hopefully much. Hopefully I hear from you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, everybody, I'm sorry the show is over, so if anybody um, didn't get to chat, um, please give me a call. I'd be really, really happy to um, uh, to uh, schedule a 15-minute conference with you and, um, and talk with you personally. Remember, all you have to do is call 610-449-9716. I um, appreciate everybody's attention tonight, and... Um, I would uh, very much like to uh, answer any questions that I didn't get to. Please feel free to email me or call me. I'd be happy to chat with you. Um, thank you so much. I appreciate, um, I appreciate your attention and your kindness. Everybody, have a good week. It's been a long road Getting from there to here It's been a long time my time is finally near But I can feel the change in the wind right now Nothing's in my way I love this song Because no it talks about people with uh, chronic, disease, chronic diseases in the fight And you guys have saved the song You guys have And that's why I say we shouldn't go even if nobody sees that answer, you're all answer that. It just means we haven't discovered it. So that's why 
Listening. I'll see you next week. Okay. Take care. Bye. It's been a long